the Bartender Rant Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Haley, and we are on site at a brand new location this week. We are at the Dirty Tom Mansion. That's right. We finally caught this motherfucker. We finally got him on the pod. Mike, I'm just going to throw it to you. You, My beautiful co-host, how happy are you today? Did you just say ho-host? Yeah, I think I called you a ho-host. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's been a rough day, Mike, but I think we're going to turn it around right here. You beautiful son of a bitch, how are you? We're back in Baltimore, baby! That's right, I didn't even tell the people that yet. I'm so fucking excited. We got Mike back here in Baltimore. We got Dirty Tom wrangled. And, and it was a lot. I mean, there was some hog squealing. Nets involved. There was a lot of lot of roping, a lot of, lot, lot of rustling. You know, a lot he's of a, squealing. He's a slippery character, for <laughs> sure. folks. Hey, did we tell you to speak yet? <laughs> Just kidding. You'll be hearing a lot of that voice this episode. Can't wait to get in that. Mike, as we always do, let's do the rundown. What's new this week? Okay, so obviously we're back in Baltimore. Yes. We're going to Delfest Light, which is going to be a good time. But I do have a good Kansas story for you. I love it. Give it to the people. All right, so I was driving down the road in my truck the other day, and I saw like a coyote fucking down in the the ditch doing something. Isn't this a Merle Haggard story? (laughs) Yeah, saw a coyote in a ditch. No. Uh, but I, I was like, you know, it was kind of weird. So I, I pulled up and when I stopped, the coyote ran away and I looked down in the ditch and there was this little black calf, okay. you know, and the, the coyote is trying to get at him. So I was like, well, obviously that coyote is going to come back as soon as I leave. So, you know, put the flashers on, hopped out of the truck, went down to get the, uh, this old calf. And, uh, this calf was, he was kind of a fighter. I went up to try and get him and he kept trying to headbutt me. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just trying to help you out. So and I, this is just some random little, yeah. little calf. Yeah. He was, it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like next to like a field where there were cows. So it was kind of weird. You know, sometimes a calf will get out of the fence. So, uh, I, I finally grabbed him, wrangled him up like dirty Tom. And uh, I put him in the back of the truck. I was going to go and try and find somebody to, to bring him to because I didn't want to leave him there to get eaten. <laughs> this is the kind of the fucked up part. I kind of figured if he was in the back of the truck, he'd just be cool. But I started driving down the road, and I'm like looking in my rearview mirror, and the calf's fine. He's doing his thing. And then I'm driving, I look back, the calf's gone. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> he jumped, jumped out of the fucking truck and hit the ground. I'm sorry. I love animals. I didn't want to cause this little guy any more pain. But <laughs> I backed up. You backed up he over was, him? No, no, no. I just went back and he was fine. He was, he was, you know, he was a little, you know, worse for wear, but I, I grabbed him this time. I kind of like tied him into the truck and I was able to find a local farmer and they, they gave him some water and, you know, hopefully. hopefully. So now that little guy, he, he's, he's, he's safe and he can grow up to eventually become burgers and steaks for all I'm of really us. I'm really excited for him. I'm really excited. <laughs> you did a good deed this week. That's beautiful. Now, you know, it's funny. That's actually a great story to tell. It's a perfect segue into this episode because number one, we have an awesome story about Dirty Time. You and I are going to force this story out. Of the goose being choked on the side of the It's road. a duck, but yeah. Is it a duck? Okay, my bad. So that's definitely happening. Number one, I'm glad you didn't choke that cat to death. <laughs> no. That's at least the, that's at I'm least. I'm not the, into veal. At least the, <laughs> that's the the first step in a positive direction. The second one that's really interesting is when I first met. Uh, let's just call him DT for now. When I first met DT, um, he once got to get out of school early um, because the horses had escaped. Uh, or I think the cows had escaped. Some animal had escaped from some farm, and he had to go help wrangle them <laughs> off the main road. And I was like, who is this child that gets out of school for like for free to go wrangle animals in the middle of the day? Isn't it like the, the 2000s? Like, what is happening here? And this is in Maryland. It's not even in Kansas. Right, right. Do it. Yeah, this is not, you know, this is not some podunk 
uh, middle of nowhere. This is just a regular city. And that, it's very strange. Very strange. Prop that, that assignment's going to be late. I got to go wrangle some cows. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, look, we're going to get right into it just so the people know. I was in San Diego last week, met a lot of really cool bartenders. We have a lot more, um, you know, national bartenders that we're going to be doing and international bartenders that are going to be on this pod. So stay tuned. Keep supporting us. Um, we can take more trips. I'm praying to the to God the day that Mike and I get to um, host a bartender from the bar in San Diego called Thrusters. Mm. It was such a shitty little dive. Yeah. Remind me see, of see, this is a gay bar, obviously. Uh, uh, no, I mean <laughs> gay in the sense that I'm in love with it. Yes. Um, no, I mean listen. I think it's a bar for all uh, all stripes and all colors. But it reminds me a lot of Auto Bar. Oh, okay. It was so, I mean, it smelled, <laughs> it, it had not been updated with the decor in fucking 20 years, the beers were all paid for in cash, half the taps were broken off, there was two fights I saw, loved it, loved every second <laughs> Jesus of it. Jesus Christ. It was beautiful. And before we transition and welcome our, you know, uh, esteemed, esteemed guests, yeah, yes. I do have to say, for everybody listening, and thank you all for all of our regulars who are, you know, being active on our social media, we really appreciate your feedback, we're having so much fun with this and we really enjoy you guys you know commenting and doing all that it's great um anytime that we say that we're releasing an episode and it doesn't get released on time that is not steve <laughs> that is me steve is handling the social media i'm doing the episode editing it's not all on mikey so anytime we're late on an episode or we're an trying episode sounds bad, it's my fault we're, no right? it's not all I'm, mike. I'm the asshole it's not steve i you appreciate just, mike taking his legs the point is, guys, we're, we're working our asses off. We're trying to get as much content out for you as we can. We appreciate your patience. So without further ado, we're not going to make you wait anymore. It's time for Dirty Tom. All right, guys, we are here finally with Dirty Tom, and he has brought for us the only drink that Dirty Tom could bring for us, Mike. what would it? What is it? Fucking Jameson. Fucking Jameson. Goddamn right. Tom. And he's got a goddamn handle, too. Yes, he does. He he's, he's not fucking around. He doesn't fuck around. Tom, so happy to have you. Thank you for having me, Steve. Thank it, you for having me, Mike. <laughs> we're glad we finally got to get you here. Yeah. It's a pleasure. How, how are the bruises doing from uh, all the wrangling? Oh, oh you know, I'm do- I, I don't wrangle so much anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> I meant us wrangling you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm sorry it took so long. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. You're a busy man. You got a lot of priorities. So tell us a little bit about the drink you'll be making for us today. Well, like you guys said, it's Jameson, simple and sweet. Why would you want to change something so perfect or muddle it with any extra ingredients? If it's couldn't, not broke, don't fix it. Couldn't have said it better myself. So listen, as we always say, don't just listen along. Drink long. All right, everybody, fill up those cups. Dirty Tom's going to pour Mike and I uh, and himself a couple fatties um, out of the old Jameson bottle. Yeah, now, a, a couple extra seconds. That's right. <laughs> Can we get a couple extra seconds for those uh, for those listeners that listen to the Annie Gladbach episode? And while Tom's doing that, we're going to tell you a little bit. You know, we don't have so much um, craft cocktail to talk about this week. Really, you just want to take the bottle and pour it aggressively into a glass until you can't pour it into that glass any longer. As, as Jesus would say, till your cup runneth over. Um, but, you know, I was doing some interesting research on Jameson this week. It's a really cool company. You know, they, they were the first in so many things. The first in really bottling Irish whiskey. The first in international distribution um, of whiskey. Um, the first to be, have whiskey on all seven continents. There were a lot of really wow. cool things. But the one that I kept coming back to is this crazy piece of information that the grandson of the original Jameson founder went on some safari in Africa 
and ended up paying um, some indigenous person to watch this indigenous uh, tribal leader eat uh, another human. Oh my God! And and it became this huge scandal in the late 1800s, <laughs> early 1900s. It was called the Jameson Cannibal Scandal, <laughs> and, and, it, and it actually um, it actually destroyed Jameson sales in London, England. Really? They, they there's now they didn't have stock back then, but there's st- basically their stock completely drops because they find out. Imagine Jeff Bezos's kid is like. You know, watching some girl getting fucked by a donkey in Tijuana, and that's his thing, and that comes out. It's not gonna help. It's not gonna help Amazon. You know what I mean? So this was a crazy story. I got way down a rabbit hole. If anybody wants to check it out, there's another great podcast called Time Suck with Dan, comedian Dan Cummins, and they do a cool episode on that. You know, I've, I've got to say, if you're eating people, I yeah. feel like Jameson would help wash it down really well. No fucking you know? doubt. <laughs> no fucking doubt. For some people, that would just make the Jameson a little sweeter. <laughs> that's right. Well, cheers, boys. Cheers. Happy to have you, Tommy. Yeah, the the person who's been responsible for so many extra minutes of me editing podcast episodes when we slip up and say your goddamn name. Not just that, but the reason Mike and I even met in the first place is because of Dirty Time. He brought us together as he's brought in so many people together uh, that you'll hear on this pod, I think, um, and some really cool stories. So, Tom, without further ado, so happy to have you. Thank you for the Jameson. We always start out the pod with the drinking category. So, you know, as a young professional, everybody's worried about their LinkedIn. Give us a little bit of your drink. Tell us about your service industry experience, kind of what the extent of it is, and and where you are now, uh, whether you're out or still in the business. Sure, yeah. Uh, I started in uh, the food industry when I was 16 at the Target, at a pizza hut instead of a Target. (laughs) (laughs) A little unconventional. Yeah, a little unconventional, yeah. But it was a good job for a 16-year-old. I made a couple extra bucks on the side. Um, Wait, what do you mean? What were you doing at that Target? All the hot moms. Yeah, yeah, mostly making pizzas, but there were a few extracurricular activities too. Anyway, <laughs> so I started when I was 16 at Target. Um, from there, I moved up to be a busser at a restaurant in Parkville, and I stayed there for about a year. And Parkville's from, outside of Baltimore for all you non-Maryland residents. Yeah, like Northeast Baltimore. Um, and from there, I went to uh, a diner. In Timonium, where I was serving tables. Nautilus. Not, we've, Nautilus. Al- we've already said it. It's, right, it's, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my stories today are probably going to come from the Nautilus because I worked there on and off for about five years. Yeah. About five years. Not to mention, it was a pressure cooker of nonsense. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know how to put uh-huh. it other than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in between uh, some of the shifts at Nautilus, I worked at um, an Ocean City bar. Uh, a bar in Bel Air, which is like further north of Baltimore, even further north than Parkville. And um, uh, from there, I was working at a restaurant, uh, bartending at a restaurant in uh, northern Baltimore County. And uh, that was the extent of my service industry. And so from, you, there, from there, I went on to sales, and now I'm in sales. Okay. Yeah. So are you still, you're, you're done. You're out, of, you're out of the game. Out of the game. I think you are officially our first... Um, our first guest who's out of the game, except for last episode, our anonymous guest, Zach. Which also was just But believe whiskey. it or not, believe it or not, I heard who, through the grapevine, he's back in. Oh, really? They roped him back in. Oh. So, uh, he's <laughs> apparently starting a new gig soon. I, I don't know the extent of it, but we'll get you guys updates. You can go uh, support him. So, but it's cool, man. You know, I, I know for me, uh, there have been so many times where I'm like, yep, I'm out. I'm done. I'm officially done. I'll never do it again. Do you, honestly, like in your heart of hearts, can you ever see yourself behind the pipes again serving drinks? Whether if it's just for one night or... Yeah. You know, I really like bartending. I think that um, 
you know, as a person gets older and they like decide to retire and then they decide that they can't be retired, they have too much energy. So, you know, you see these old folks, they go and be like Walmart greeters or like right, right. or something. For me, that'll probably be back behind the bar. Yeah, yeah that's very be good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Um, I, I can't imagine what an old curmudgeon dirty Tom's going to be. Like <laughs> We're going to see it eventually. 60, so. 16 whiskeys deep. You know what I mean? That's going to be fun. You're not going to get great service, but it'll be fucking fun as hell. So, um, well, that's that's awesome. I got to say, you know, we've been really, uh, unfortunately, having some uh, sessions recently where the opening of our pod takes a little too long. And that's partially because we've been a little too drunk when we've gotten started. That's partially because, like we said, people, Mike and I have been doing this remote. There's growing pains. So I appreciate you being efficient. Yeah. But that is you, man. You are like the ultimate efficient server. Guys, when I first met Tom... Um, I realized very quickly that our serving styles were different. I was the talker. I was the guy that was trying to make a relationship with every table. I was the guy that was going to forget little things, but hopefully I was going to win you over with my charm. Tom is a motherfucking service terminator. The way he waits on tables is clinical. He doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to hear about your kids. He doesn't give a fuck if you just got married. What he cares about all right, is getting the food on your table correct the first time. And, and what I started to learn is everybody who hated me loved Tom, and everybody who hated Tom loved me. I can see him bringing everything you need to the table, and then he says, I won't be back. Yes, that's really how, that's really how it would be. I mean, the man was, the man was surgically efficient. It was, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch when you see it in action. So um, I have to say, I'm, I was always really impressed by that. Yeah. Look, if you came to the restaurant to eat, folks, you're going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's forget all the frills, all right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, look, we're going to jump right into the gauntlet. This is the top 10 that Mike and I have kind of uh, boiled down. We, we went through a lot of questions to try to get an idea of like the best 10 we should ask. And a lot of our, our guests have added to that, mm-hmm. right? They've, they've added questions that, that they think that we should ask. And we're trying to incorporate some of them. So this is the top 10, the fucking gauntlet. All right, so number one, first off the board, Tommy, mm-hmm. pet peeves and misconceptions. And these can either be from the customer's perspective or yours. Doesn't matter. Just just things that are pet peeves for you or misconceptions that people have about bartenders, service industry, that all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe my, um, I think my pet peeve will probably tie in pretty well with the, uh, with the streamlined service that I like to give. And it's, it's overly specific orders or ordering things that aren't on the menu. Right, off menu. Altering things that are on the menu. And look, folks, if you have an allergy or something, I don't really care. You know, we can skip the tomato, we can skip the onion, or we can alter the, uh, you know, the type of bread that we use on the sandwich. But don't go ordering a hamburger with 10 special order requests. Right. You know, just get a fucking hamburger, please. <laughs> <clears throat> Same thing with drinks, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know. I would always find myself getting a little bit frustrated if, uh, uh, like, a request from bartending was any more than two ingredients. If it's more than a whiskey coke, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are sitting here drinking Jameson. So, yeah, right. I mean, just very Jameson. <laughs> Martinis, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. So, doesn't that hurt your upselling? And 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 I'm just and I'm thinking to myself, like, if you want to get a burger with all these crazy shits on it, that's fine. But I'm going to charge you twenty two dollars for that burger. I will do that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'll tell you how much everything costs, but or. or or maybe it's a cost-benefit analysis for you where it's efficiency mm-hmm. efficiency of service versus upselling. Yeah, good question. 
I think there is a balance there from a from a business perspective. Um, uh, first of all, when you're special ordering like the hell out of something, like a hamburger, for instance, right? Um, first of all, the extra ingredients are probably going to cost like a couple bucks. You know, there was one burger specialty place that we both worked at for a while, right? Or granted, you could order like things that would cost a dollar, a dollar fifty extra to have on a hamburger, and sure, you could get up to like a twenty-dollar burger. Sure. For the most part, those special orders are going to be like shit that's free. You know, like. Right. Um, Altering like a salad, Alt, you know, yeah. I, I, one that I get all the time is, can I get a Caesar salad, but I want to add three things to it. I want to get a different dressing. I want that dressing on the side. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those requests are normal. Dressing on the side is pretty normal, but I can see where it can get a little ridiculous. Yeah. Right? There has to be a breaking point with this. Right. So, yeah, there can be an upside to, to, to having a more expensive burger. And sure, there's like more tip involved for that, better profit for the restaurant. But on the flip side of that, like it's much, much more likely that the kitchen's going to fuck up yeah. the order, too. No so, doubt. I mean, you're going to have an unhappy customer and everything just goes down the drain after that. I don't know about uh, you, well, but like when I'm at the table, my toes are curling mm -hmm. when, the, when I know in my head that you're making my order difficult for the kitchen when we're slammed. That, yeah. And that's a really good point that people don't understand the difference between the server and the kitchen. Yes. That, that, that's yes. A, an entirely different dynamic. That the kitchen staff, they have their own thing going on, and they typically do not give a fuck about what the servers want. Mm -hmm. They're there to, right. <laughs> you know, put out food and they're, they, you know, put out every order and get it well. And then when you're there making special requests, they, yeah, they, they get pretty upset about that. You know, I've been thinking about this. I, I've been trying to find a way to. Yeah, I mean, this this particular question is really about giving um, non-service industry people who mm -hmm. go to restaurants advice about how to maneuver things. How better. to not be a yeah. piece of right. shit. Right, how, how to avoid piece of shit type <laughs> of behavior. And so one of the things I was thinking about is this. What if, um, what if somebody sat down and you walked up as a server and the first question I asked you is, what's your relationship with the kitchen? Because that is, I, I know that that question is not going to go anywhere. Like, they're not going to be honest with you. But that's the real question. If your server, if the kitchen hates them or they can't communicate with them well and they're not assertive enough and they can't get in there and, like, really mix it up with them, you are fucked. Well, you are absolutely fucked. Just, just really quick, uh, I remember one of the, the kitchen staff that I worked with and a uh, customer asked for their steak rare. Right, okay. so that's pretty pretty standard. But they were very specific about exactly how rare they wanted it. Okay. So you go into the kitchen and they're like, all right, they want it rare, but they want it. And the, and the kitchen staff just looks at me. He's like, yeah, that's what fucking rare is. And yeah. now I already know that he's pissed off about my order. Welcome to the Thunderdome, <laughs> like, bitch. Just, that's yeah. how that question just usually goes. Don't be too picky. Just try and order what's on the goddamn menu. Yeah. There's been some stuff where a customer will special uh, special order request it, and I've just had to tell them straight up, like the kitchen's not going to do that for you. Yeah. I remember once working at the diner, um, somebody asked for the, they wanted like the, the corn or something picked out of their Maryland crab soup. Oh and I my straight up told God. Them, like, woman, the, the kitchen's not going to do that. Exactly. I'm sorry, we're just not going right. to do you're it. Gonna order, add, order you're going to something else. And even if we try, it. there's yeah. one that's going to slip through and you're going to be disappointed. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's a, it's a lose-lose proposition. Yeah. Yeah. I have to jump in on this category before we move on because I had one this past week working myself behind the bar that I have to get out. On, on wax. People, listen to me. If I come to your table and I say, does anybody need anything? And somebody orders something, do yourselves a favor. Look down at your drink, look down at your plate, and make a decision then. Because if I go and I get that person's beer, or I go and I put that food order you in, get back. and I come back, and then you need something, 
what I will be doing in my head is pretending that you're bursting into flames. <laughs> I want you to die. I hate you more than life itself. The idea that you could not figure out you needed something when I was just there, and now I'm double running to, the, to your table when I'm slammed with seven other tables, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Do not bring your business back to my establishment. Like, I can't figure out what he hasn't brought my ranch back. Oh I just, my it's been like at least five minutes. Well, that's so. <laughs> because you asked me after three other people at the table ordered a beer, and now I'm running, and I, it's, it's so hard to time things. <laughs> Pay attention. That's all I'm asking for is a little bit of customer awareness. You are having your fun at that table, but I'm taking care of six. So just keep that in mind. So, all right, that's a great one, Tom. That's actually the first time that we've had additional orders as a pet peeve. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's a, I love getting unique yeah, ones. Yeah, he's like extra work. He just doesn't like it. Yeah. No, I mean, look, Tom, if you want your food quick, correct, and, and hot, Tom's your man. All right, but just don't be ordering crazy off menu. So, all right. Tell now, us. now, the flip side of that is drink orders, too. You know, I never worked in too many, like, specialty cocktail craft bars. Bar, but, craft cocktails, yeah. Yeah, but, Mike, you worked in a couple of specialty cocktail mm -hmm. bars. And if you try to, like, change up the, um, like, the ingredients or the concoction. You fuck up the drink. You're that's, totally going to fuck that's up That's what uh, yeah. Steve's brother, Tom, when he was on, mm -hmm. a guy, he ordered um, a white cranberry Cosmo. Yeah. But he ordered it with, the, with gin. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's that's not a fucking Cosmo. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, this doesn't taste right. Yeah, no fucking shit. They ended up shit. having to make it three times. No, that was, that was his first drink order. And Tom said, well, why don't you make it you yeah. know, at that uh, point? So, so yeah, like, exactly. Uh, don't, don't fuck with the you know established orders. Just, <laughs> just go with it. Yeah. And, and look, if you don't love the established orders, go find a bar that you do like. Now, that that say, offers what you need, I, right? Or I, what you want. I will say, too, it depends on what bar you've been to. Because we made a crazy concoction for a guest who had a couple recommendations. And it turned out to be, it was with chartreuse. I, I, I literally still have the drink in my like little drink book. Because mm -hmm. so, it was so damn good. It was so good. So sometimes you just got to feel it out. But yeah, try not to fuck with the uh, the orders too much. It's about how they present it, though. Yeah. You know, it's about how, and we've talked about that time and time again. So... So that's a great one. Let's move on. Best tips, worst tips. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I mean, like anybody else, I think I've had a couple of zero tips. Or zero <laughs> right? tips. Sure. Yeah. Any like like good timing ones? Like I remember I had, I went, we're talking about the diner. I had a zero tip on Christmas night working an overnight from Christmas Eve to Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it was like a $140 check and I got a zero tip and whoso actually took off after these motherfuckers into the parking lot uh -huh. berating them. And that meant a lot to me. That's yeah. that's all I need to ever know about Husto as a manager. I was like, he's going to go to bat for me. But that that's different than just a zero. That's a zero on Christmas Eve. Yeah, you know it's brutal, I mean? man. Maybe yeah. they didn't celebrate Anything like Christmas. that? Uh, Not that you can recall. Yeah, that there was I, a slap in the face. I think I had like a really low one on Thanksgiving one time. And always I was already bummed out because I was missing Thanksgiving with my family. Right. To be here to serve these people who thought that they should come to a restaurant on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and they gave me like a like a five dollar tip on like a hundred dollar tab. Right, so pretty, pretty angry about that. Took care of you. Yeah. Right. But what about the flip side? Uh, best tips. Best tips. I've had a couple of pretty good tips. Nothing like no like thousand dollar tips or anything like that. You know, well, yeah, you're not fucking tips. shaking your ass or anything. Well, yeah. we, we all know about the thousand dollar tip that that we all uh, were privy to. That it will be on this pod very shortly. 
I don't know if I can say her full name, but we all worked with a girl that got a thousand dollar tip and decided to not share it with any but anybody else in the restaurant. I didn't work. Did I work with her? You did. I didn't see. I didn't even know about this. Well, what well, a fucking bitch. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll be able to say it to her face very, very soon. Oh, uh, I know who we're talking about. Yes, now. you do. Yes, I'm, you do. I'm collecting. I'm yeah. collecting <laughs> so, my fucking share of that. So my my thing is one time on Christmas um, when we were uh, you remember Coop, you remember uh, the burger joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've mentioned it on here before, mm-hmm. but the burger joint. Um, we had two really good regulars, Tim and Jen. You remember Tim and Jen? Yeah, I do. Right. Tim and Jen were high rollers, right? Threw money around all the time. And they come in one day, and it's Christmas Eve, and I'm working, and they give me $500. And their words exactly were, take care of everybody. Right? And I said, okay. Now, and they tr- they knew and trusted you enough that you wouldn't well, just pocket that. And well, they did. And I could have been a shithead about yeah. it. Because they give me five, he gives me $500 bills. And I could have put that shit. I was the only bartender. Mm-hmm. right there. The service staff had been completely cupped. We mm-hmm. were only doing bar service at the time. I could have put all $500 in my pocket and never said another word. Because I was the only bartender that was going to get yeah. closed on those tips. I took 200 bucks. And I took the other three hundred and I dispersed it throughout the staff. I gave our dishwasher fifty dollars. She yeah. looked, she spun like a top. She never seen that much money in in, in like at one time in her whole yeah. whole life. Blew her fucking mind. Was now, she like thirteen years old? Or no, something? I mean, no, I mean, like, I mean, if can we be honest? Can we be honest? Like, you know, like I, I'm just. I think one of the things about this pod is like Mike and I have have tiptoed around a lot of sensitive issues, but some of this is just being honest. A lot of times, dishwashers in restaurants are are foreign workers, don't speak a lot of English, mm-hmm. right? Don't and not don't getting paid. No English at all. Yeah, not getting paid a lot, and so for them, when they see a fifty dollar bill, that's the world to them, mm-hmm. right? And and that's like a minimal amount of what I'm getting. So I'm giving. I gave every cook a fifty. I gave the dishwasher a fifty. I made sure the busboys got a fifty. That's awesome. You know, and and that's how you're supposed to do it. Well, and that's that's kind of a cool thing too because it's so customary to tip the front of the house. But like you know, people say my compliments to the chef. Right. Oh, give them the twenty bucks and be say, like, "Here's a twenty for the give chef." The, give it to the chef and the line cooks because those, those people are working their fucking ass off. They're dealing with so much shit. That's one that I don't even do that I should yeah. probably start doing. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. So, all right, let's move it on. Number three, worst drink orders. Worst drink orders. I had. Uh... <laughs> this one, there's one specific incident that comes to mind. I was working in Ocean City, bartending in Ocean City, and uh, uh, guy comes up to the bar. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning, and he sits down, and he's kind of a younger guy. He's by himself. It looks like he doesn't really know what he's doing in the bar, and he sits down and orders a tequila and root beer. Tequila and root beer. So I... <laughs> Did you card him at least, please? <laughs> it's, I just imagine some kid walking. It's like, yeah, it's all like it's like a, a it trench a, coat with a, a kid underneath. It's like, I'll take a root beer and a tequila. <laughs> you know what they call that, right? What? El Loco Root Beer. <laughs> no, the crazy cop. root beer. If it was an undercover cop, they would not would have been ordering a tequila and root beer. But uh, anyway, so, so, so I made... And besides that, I never card anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're out. <laughs> yeah. No, so I made it for the guy, and, uh, you know, he drank about a quarter of it and then got the sour look on his face and paid me and left, and that was it. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, God. <laughs> All right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, dude. I'm so happy you just told this story. I made a new friend. His name is Jude. He's a beautiful person. I really like Jude, but... I start telling Jude about this podcast, mm-hmm. and he says to me, he goes, oh, you're a bartender? He's like, 
I got a go-to drink I'm wondering if you ever heard of. It's called a Malibu Dew. And I was like, I'm sorry, what it's, now? It's their Mountain Dew in this. I'm sorry, what now? And he goes, yeah, it's Malibu and Mountain Dew. God damn it. And I go, what the fuck? Wait, wait you're still friends with this guy? Dude, he, so <laughs> listen, I swore to him, I swore to him that I, it, he said to me, look, do not come onto the podcast and disparage my favorite drink. Do not come on here and talk shit. <laughs> so I promised him, I promised him I'd be impartial. So I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say to both of my, my, my guest, Dirty Tom, and my co-host, Mike, let's just do a vote. We're going to go around the room here. So Dirty Tom first, how does the concept of a Malibu and do strike you? Uh, I think I drank it when I was 16. Okay. Uh, Mike, how does the concept of a Malibu coconut rum and Mountain Dew we, strike you? We've already talked about Malibu on this podcast. Right. You can't order Malibu unless it's mixed into another liquor or it's your great-grandmother. Okay, okay. right, Those right, are the right, two right. exceptions. So then pouring that into the fucking radioactive waste that is Mountain Dew? Correct. So what I don't, are you doing? I don't drink Mountain How Dew. How could you even order that at a bar Correct. with any dignity at so, all? So, listen... For all the people out there, please get on our social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Patreon. We're on uh, Instagram. I want to hear what you have to say about the Malibu do. Yeah. Help me out here. We're going to get Jude involved. He is, I think that the other part of this drink, he might also add 151 rum to it. Oh my God. I think what he does is he goes half 151 rum to spike up the alcohol content. Malibu and then Mountain Dew. I think it's all three parts, and so you got to get shitty. But dude, I don't drink Mountain Dew. So do bars even have Mountain Dew? I, we <laughs> yeah, right? we just started carrying. We yeah. just started. But it's not on the soda soda spray. We right? do that. Oh, we have it now on the soda oh. spray. But anyway, I told Jude I'd be impartial. So mm -hmm. Jude, there you go. We'll see what happens. All right, let's. Everybody, write in. Give us your Look, opinions on Malibu. Give it a try. I, I, I don't, don't know if you're, don't, a if you're a Mountain Dew fan. More power to you. I, I don't, don't care. I don't know you, Jude, but fuck you. It's <laughs> 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 <is> fucking trash. <laughs> All right. So number four, ultimate mistakes, fuck ups. All right, these can be yours or your coworkers. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I've had so many fuck ups. Um, the worst ones that come to mind are spilling drinks on customers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And dude. the one, the one incident that comes to mind is I was working like. Back to back double glass of red wine onto a girl and her blue dress. Oh, worst fuck up that I've had. There. So, Ooh. Purple, which purple restaurant dress. was this? This was at the burger place. The burger place, yeah. okay. Yeah. God, very nice girl, very nice dress. And she was obviously there with some people that she had just met. Oh, even worse. so she was super <laughs> cool with it. Thank you. If that girl in the blue dress ever listens to this, thank you so much for being cool and not freaking out on me because okay. holy shit, that sucked. I'm so, sorry. Question How did they tip you? Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting question, Mike. I find that sometimes when you fuck up just a little bit on a table, they'll tip you more. Yeah, than we've talked about this. So we've been talking about it. This better. is the theory yeah. on this pod. And, and Mike, we need to come up with a name for this because you know, like, um, what's it called? What's it called when you, um, get kidnapped and then you, like, uh, Stockholm syndrome, Stockholm syndrome, yeah. right? Where you start to love your captor. We need to actually, we need to actually come up with a name on the show for the concept of mm -hmm. huge fuck ups that make you more money because yeah. I really do believe there could be a cool social experiment yeah. with a bartender or server that intentionally yep. spills and drops things. Like if you have a great relationship with management, see what it does for your tips. Yeah. What if your tips skyrocket just because people are sorry for you because yeah. you're like a wounded animal? <laughs> I mean, that's I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess we could call it choking the duck, but like <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I don't I, know. I always call it like a like a pity tip in 
some sense. Pity yeah, tip. I mean, it, I was I was just on the reverse side of this just the other day. I was at a uh, at a diner having uh, breakfast or something with my girlfriend, and as the servers. Uh, Carrying the tray to our table, he spills the entire tray onto our oh, table. Wow. And, onto the table, and too. And glasses and, like, fucking food and dishes just go all over the place and everything shatters. You, and everybody you felt that feeling before. I felt that feeling and I felt bad for the guy. And I tipped, you goddamn right, I tipped him like a 20 on like a $15 tip. No doubt. Nice. Yeah. We, you know, Tom, I told the story uh, um, a few episodes back about the marching band. You remember uh, when we were working at the diner, the marching bands would come in one time a year and they'd close mm-hmm. down the diner. And Tom vouched for me with the owner. If anybody remembers this story. Yeah, the blood on the pancakes. Right, the blood yeah. on the pancakes. And so the very first table out, I break a plate. I cut my hand. I don't realize. start bleeding all over this kid's second plate of food. Mm-hmm. And I bleed all over the pancakes. And so, yeah, I mean, I know everybody yeah. knows that feeling. It's, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. But, yeah. all right, Mikey, tee us up on the next one. Alright, so we talked about blood on pancakes. It's a good segue into uh, health code violations. Now, these could be either intentional or unintentional, but we want to hear something kind of raunchy, something that could be considered a felony in most states. And and as we always say on this show, protect the innocent. And the guilty. Yes, very mm-hmm. important. Yeah, health code violations. Uh... At the diner, and this was not the diner's fault. It was the server's fault because there were some grimy motherfuckers that work at diners. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah. I was reminded of a name the other day. Um, let, I'm just going to give his initials to you two, and we'll see if we can figure out. CM? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he kicked me out of his house one time. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it, just his just his hair remind, just makes me feel icky. Yeah. Like the thought of his hair yeah. in my head. Yeah. So I've seen at the diner, I saw like pancakes hit the ground or like sausages roll under, um, like roll under tables and stuff and still make it on the plates. Oh my God. Like, was, uh, like under a refrigerator yeah, and pull it out. Yeah, oh yeah, Christ. Just wipe yeah. it off, you know, Christ. blow on it a couple times. <laughs> uh, oh my God. One time there we had this, um, they brought up like some grapefruit juice or something and I poured some out and I, I looked at it and it looked funny. So I looked at the, um. At the label on the grapefruit juice, and it expired like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty bad. One. Get rid of that inventory. Come on, let's go. I can't believe I'm doing this, yeah. but I'm I'm gonna go in. Do you remember when I got banished from the Baltimore location, and I had to go work at the Annapolis location? Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, and I was working. I was working overnights there. Yeah. I remember, I'd go down Fridays and Saturdays and work overnights. Yeah, but you guys were crazy. I remember when I was living here, and you guys were working. At the satellite diners. That's what I'm saying. And I know driving so far and working shit shifts. It was shit shifts, but here's the thing: I was in law school at the time, right? And so I couldn't work over a certain number of hours, Mm -hmm. and so I had to make my money however I could. And if you remember, the guy that ran that other location, do you remember Tony? I I, I, all I ever did was like I think I picked you up there or something one time. Right, that was it. So Tony's total psychopath. I mean, this guy sat in his office, and his office like was like a cliche. It was a bunch of old like early '90s box televisions stacked up on each other, and he just had soccer games from all around the world on every television. And he just sat there in his office, chain smoking cigarettes and fucking gambling on soccer all day long. This man was like the walking epitome of like like the terror of a boss to work for. But he would pay me, no lie, he would pay me $80 mm-hmm. to every weekend to come down and work there. So I'd get 80 bucks, mm-hmm. right? Which is obviously way more than my Just gas. for showing up. Just for showing up. He'd pay me $80 and then he'd keep me off the books 
I'd work the the Friday night overnight and the Saturday night overnight and sometimes the Sunday morning. So I worked yeah. the Saturday night overnight and I worked the Sunday morning breakfast rush. And I was making enough money to survive at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I was paying my bills, I was paying for for school, and everything was fine. And I remember it's late one Friday night. It's got to be nine or ten o'clock. I have a, a group of uh, like a, um, a small table come in, maybe a two or three top, and one of the ladies at the table orders a chicken Caesar salad entree portion, and you know, make it, bring it out, sit it on the table. All of a sudden, I hear her scream. Mm-hmm. I come running back over, and there is a little cockroach, completely covered in Caesar dressing, crawling off the side <laughs> of the nice. It had clearly been in the lettuce, and they had missed it when they, like, just missed it. You know, either not washed the lettuce or chopped it, and this thing. And, guys, this is more common than you think. It's not necessarily the sign of a dirty restaurant. It's just like, look, bugs get into produce. That's why you got to wash your shit. That's why they say when you buy produce for a store, wash it. My whole thing is, like, eat – just the more – Dude. If you expose yourself to a lot of that, your immunity is going to be built up. But you're from Kansas. You eat bugs. <laughs> Mike, you know, you bugs yeah. Mike, having a bug in your salad is gross, man. For most it's people, gross. it's gross. It's Dude. gross. I agree. I'd still finish the this, salad. I'd, I'd get it comped, but I'd still fucking finish it. I got more than just a salad comp. Let me tell you <laughs> yeah. that. Let me tell you that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good one. Look, right now we're going to take a quick ba- break. We need to fill up our glasses. Probably need to have a, you know, have a heater. Um, all right, guys, we're going to be back here with number six, number six, Ratchet and Crazy Customers here in just a second. All right, we are back, boys. Cheers. Tommy? Get your shit together. Let's go, man. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> That's some goddamn beautiful-looking whiskeys right there. There's nothing like that color. Jameson does really go down smooth. Oh, it's like sweet vanilla. All right, so let's hop right into it. We're going to do Ratchet and Crazy Customers or... We did add a little bit of a, a wrinkle to this category. They can also be memorable customers. Mm-hmm. We don't always want to make it seem like these are bad people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can be somebody that just really was impactful to you in some way. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. The most impactful guy to me was a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. He was, a, he was a customer at the burger place that we worked at. And the burger place had uh, an inside bar and then an outside patio. Right. Uh, right, right. And this guy, I, I wasn't his server. Thank God. But there was something that must have gotten fucked up with his order, or maybe he was just having a really bad day. And he decided that the best course of action to vent his anger or his frustration or whatever he was going through was to take his hamburger and literally throw it up onto the second floor roof of the bar. So that's what he did, and it was caught on camera, and it was awesome. (laughs) And that's all that happened. Is there any chance that we can get like this video? I'd love to upload it. It probably exists somewhere on social media. <laughs> I have so many questions, uh, but I'm going to limit my follow-ups to this. Number one, who had to go get it down? I think it's still there to this day. No, it's I'm not. Sure no, it's was, not. Was he one he, he's like, look, I know you have the burger this way, but I'd like the pickles deep fried, right? I, I want the, I don't want the red onion. I want yellow onion. Tom okay? jacked up. I, want, I, don't want, I don't want regular ketchup. I want spicy ketchup. And then when it finally came out, it was obviously fucked up. Yeah. And then, he, and then he had to take his vengeance out. I and, think so. And check it on the roof. See, that sounds like a job for the newest bar back. <laughs> Get on up there, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a, a fucking prank, honestly. Yes, it does. We need to go get the, a burger off the roof here. <laughs> so like I said, I'm going to limit my follow-ups, but this is a really important one. Um, have you, either of you ever watched The Wire? Mm, I have not. Okay. A little bit. All right, so there's a famous, um, uh, there's a famous episode of The Wire 
where the police chief, his name is Bonnie Coleman, who runs West Baltimore, is kind of having this philosophical dilemma within himself where he's finally given up. He doesn't want to police the way everybody's policing anymore. He wants to like change things in Baltimore for real. And him and another cop are standing outside the precinct drinking, and they're drinking beers. And all of a sudden, they smash the beers up when they're done, and they chuck them up onto the roof. And the camera pans up, and there's like 5,000 beers on the roof <laughs> of this police precinct. And I'm, ha- I'm having this, this weird feeling um, that if you would take it, if you would have taken all the customers that hated Mike and Dirty Tom and I over the years, and you panned up to the roof of that metaphorical building that they were sitting next to, there'd just be a bunch of burgers <laughs> sitting up there. These motherfuckers. So this is really random, but I have to say it. Justin, who we've mentioned yeah. on the pod many times, very very good friend of mine. Um, at his old high school, he had a magnet. Right, a very powerful magnet, and there was like a uh, an awning above the entrance, and he wrote like "fuck you" or something on the magnet mm-hmm. on the side that didn't, you know, that wasn't magnetized, and he threw it up on it, like from the underside onto the the awning. Uh-huh. Right, so you look up as you walk underneath, and there's just this magnet that says "fuck you." But here's, <laughs> here's the thing: magnets have a life. That Do mag- they really? Yes, magnets are I not always going to be magnets. Eventually, it will lose its magnetism magnetism mag- <laughs> magnetity <laughs> and eventually some asshole is gonna be walking into school he's gonna get hit in the head Don't and he's gonna that. like what the fuck he's gonna look down and pick it up and just gonna say fuck you <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome I, I hope it falls and he has to turn it over yeah exactly just i just hope it falls and hits him in the Ooh, head a penny <laughs> or her you know we, we we're very progressive women can pick up magnets yeah. too anybody can be hit in the head people. <laughs> That's right. All right, Mike, give us number seven. But before we go to number seven, oh, okay. okay, we I have to tell this story while we're on the fucking pod because we brought it up before about Dirty Tom choking the duck. Well, I thought that's what we were going to do for this one. Okay, okay. okay. No, no, you know, do, do, do it for I'll, crazy I'll lead ra- it into it. Do we're it for get, crazy ratchet we're customers. Get, we're All getting right. into crazy and ratchet customers. No, no, we just did crazy ratchet customers, you drunk bastard. Right. We're getting into fights and arrests and fires. Number seven. Give us the duck story because you 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 can't think about anything else, and I understand that. I have to get this out. I have to tell people. Do it. So give Tom room to defend himself. Okay. So, but the thing is, wondering if this story should be in the health code violations. (laughs) (laughs) So Tom and I, we we all three of us have known each other for a long time, and for years, like years ago, I remember Tom. He was like getting his shit together. He's younger than me. And he was like, I'm getting my shit together. I was like, good for you, man. I'm going to play some Skyrim <laughs> and, uh, you know, drink some Jameson. But he, I remember him, like, fucking packing letters and, you know, putting his suits on and, you know, going to work. And one day I just got this random text from him. He was like, hey, do you know how to clean a duck? And I was like, uh, yeah, why? He's like, I've got a duck for you. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess what happened was Tom was driving to work and, uh... A person in front of him, a mallard, flew across the street and hit this fucking. The other driver hit this. Another this uh, mallard different driver duck. hit it, yeah. and it didn't kill it, but it broke its wings. So this mallard falls on the side of the road, is trying to get up and fly away, and it can't because its fucking you know wing is broken. It'll never fly. It'll never fly again. Yeah. And Tom pulls over to the side of the road. By the way, in his suit and tie, and walks over to this this you know helpless duck that's you know struggling for life and at the same time a jogger who's running by comes up and the jogger's like hey man like we should probably we should get to like an animal sanctuary and Tom's like no like this duck is now now we do need to pause Tom is 
a man that loves animals. So I don't want this to be misconstrued by you PETA-loving people out there. And that's, look, I understand, like, animal love, we are not here to disparage that, right? But Tom also uh, has some practical roots. I love animals so much that I wanted that duck to be out of its misery. There, there it you is, go. right. <laughs> Tom, Tom, grew up, uh, Tom grew up with some farm connections, so he's got some practical roots. So, you know, we joke around about Dirty Tom, but part of the Dirty Tom is the fact that, like, you know, Tom's at home in a, in a smelly barn and it doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even phase him. So he sees his death. He wants to put it out of its misery. Yeah. So, and who can blame him? Yeah. So the jogger's like, you know, we need to take it to an animal sanctuary. And Tom's like, no, this duck's done. So, yeah, here's the thing. If you were raised in Kansas like I was, you would have known that what you need to do if you're going to kill this duck is you need to grab it by its head and you need to, call it, they call it ringing it. You, you ring its neck. So you grab it and you just twist it around really fast. The the body flies behind and crack. The neck breaks. The duck dies, right? Tom apparently was not raised in Kansas. And he didn't know this little trick. So the only way he could figure out how to kill this duck. Let him hop in. Was to. So tell us. How how did it go down? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't know that trick. But I knew that the duck had to be put out of its misery. So... So what do you do? I mean, I was standing there on the side of the road in my suit and tie looking at this poor duck, and I said, what do I do? And the jogger certainly wasn't going to do anything. You're not going to curb stop. That guy's jogging. That guy's, he's a fucking pussy. Come on, let's You're not going to curb, you're not going to, it's not like the jogger's going to run it over. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, I choked the duck. (laughs) (laughs) Now you've heard of choking the chicken. This is choking the duck. And I love this because I wasn't here for this, obviously, but I just see... Dirty Tom, oh, standing on the side of the road it's in a suit tie, Baltimore traffic going by early in the morning, and this man just standing out there in front of a horrified jogger, choking, choking a duck. A duck now the crazy, <laughs> the other crazy thing about it is, uh, most people after choking a duck, if you're somebody that will choke a duck, would would like kick it in the bushes, and, yeah. you know, let a coyote get it. Instead, this man. Brings it home. He had a cooler in his Has our other roommate field dress it. And the next thing you yeah. know, I got a whole duck carcass in yeah. my freezer. So he texts me. So he texts me. He's like, do you know how to field dress a duck? I'm like, yeah, I do. Why? He's like, I got one for you. Brings it home. So I go out in the alley with the fucking rats when we all live together. Field dress, field dress this duck. The wings were all broken to shit, so I couldn't save those. But we cleaned it all up, and it was, you cooked it up real nice. It was, a de- it was a delicious duck. And you know what? Some people might be upset about this. I think that we did that duck uh, a service, you know. Well, it's basically like a Viking funeral. He, he put it I mean? out of its misery, and then There we... are certain cultures that eat their elders once they <laughs> as a sign of respect and reverence. Yeah, as, as one of the, you know, the uh, family members from Jameson can tell you. you know? <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> All right, I'll have another one. <laughs> so, That's good stuff. But it was, it was a delicious duck. Uh, the trick with duck, a lot of butter. You know, after you'd strangle it to death, a lot of butter. <laughs> you know, really... I think the trick with everything. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so number seven, fights, arrests, and fires. Tell us about some, like, crazy fights you may have seen. I always, like, I mean, I've been on record here. I love a good fire. I love a restaurant fire. It's not a good thing, but it's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Depending on who you are at that restaurant. <laughs> if you're the person trying to put it out, it's not fun. I, I have a good, I have a good, uh fight from this past week if you don't have one you know honestly in all the time that i've been working in restaurants and bars i haven't had anything that absurd happen with like fights or 
fires or arrests. I okay. feel like that's yeah. because when you were there, you just set the tone. That's and, right. And people were like, you know, I want to get a little bit crazy, but this guy over here, you know. Tom has a very <laughs> stoic um, uh, demeanor, and so it, it, you know, I think it brings a sense of calm to the building, but they're, also they're like, a slight I, intimidation. They're like, I feel like you could choke a duck out on the side <laughs> of the road, you know. I'm not going to fuck with this guy. Well, so I was, at, I was at my bar a couple weeks back, and I saw the first fight I've seen since COVID happened. And it was incredible. Were, I'm not, they, were they at least wearing their masks? No. Oh, but that's just that's just. Well, the mask trashy. mandate had been lifted that night. I don't, I don't care, man. You know, so, if you're gonna so, fight somebody, you need to wear your mask. I hear. That's, so, it's just considerate. The okay. mask mandate had been lifted, and we put out the word that we were gonna do a mask off party. Mm-hmm. And everybody comes and packs the building. It's probably not super safe, but everybody comes and packs the building. We're having a nice time, and then all of a sudden, and dude, it was like old school. Some guy bumps into another guy and spills his drink. And without thinking, the guy who had his drink spilled turns around and just levels this motherfucker. Punches him right in the face, tackles him to the ground, and... And all of a sudden, three of the dude's friends who got tackled come running over, jump in, or throwing punches. A bunch of bartenders jumped in. We're like, we're like diving in between these people. One of the other bartenders jumped up on top of the bar and is screaming at everybody, Get the fuck out! Shut the fuck up! Sit the fuck down! Like, just like, running shit. And I'm watching all this about 20 feet away. I'm like, America's back, baby! We're fucking back! Here we go! Pandemic's over! It felt so good. It felt so good. And, uh, you know, look, we got the scuffle cleared out. They took it out and they fought it out in the parking lot. Just like, just like old times. So, um, alright, let's just keep it rolling. Number eight, sex stories. Any great... Uh, bar sex stories, things that you saw, things that you did. Yeah, man, restaurants are dirty, dirty places. Yes, they are. <laughs> says Dirty Tom. Yeah, man, I am not at liberty to disclose any information on this topic. Oh, come wow. on. Come on. Give us, you have to, you can't say that. And you can't give even us give us one anonymous. You don't have to say any theory. names. It doesn't you have don't. to involve you. Yeah. Just say girl met boy or they fucked in the world. Boy morning. met boy, girl met girl, guy met duck. <laughs> you know, you, you got to share a little bit. All right, all right. Well, I was working in Ocean City at a bar that Steve worked at as well. We had one bartender who was just like, kind of, I, I think he's like a gross old dude. I'm just going to say his name because if he's out there listening, he's not going to give a fuck. We've Chuck, said his name. Chuck. Chuck, I miss you, Chuck. And Chuck's dead. <laughs> Chuck might be dead. Yeah. And Chuck was a bartender at this bar. And somehow he would like get these chicks who were just like all about him. Maybe because he gave them alcohol for a living. And we had an elevator that came. This bar that we worked at was in a, was in a hotel. And, uh, there Throwback. Was a, and there was an elevator that came down to the restaurant and went all the way up through the hotel. And Chuck would go in this elevator and just like fuck these chicks. And just like push the don't go anywhere elevator button and then finish up and then come out and keep bartending. He had a manager key to the elevator. Was that the key? Yeah, we talked about this on one of the previous episodes. Just briefly, but he would lock the elevator. Yeah. Do you remember how many times we like needed him as a manager, like in a heavy bar so rush, many and times, we couldn't yeah. find him? And then all of a sudden, you look over, and the elevator okay. doors are rocking so, so back now, and forth. Yeah, now that, smiling like an idiot. Now that we're revisiting this, yeah. is Chuck like a good-looking guy? No. Chuck and, and I'm um, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of like somebody. Are you familiar with what Steve Buscemi looks like? Yeah. Okay. Chuck looks like Steve Buscemi with a Justin Bieber haircut. What the 
Fuck. From like, <laughs> from, exactly. from like circa 2005, Justin Bieber, for, right? For, the big, like the, the long Justin Bieber. For, yeah. for any ladies listening, I would love to know what is it? What what do you want? Because for guys, it's pretty simple. You know, we want we want a nice girl. You know, good personality, funny. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. But a you've had girl. all those things in your life, and you ruined it every time. You keep pushing them away. You know what? That is not on the table right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Like, what like, is it about these fucking ugly guys who get good pussy? I don't. Fu- <laughs> I honestly, I don't understand it because. I, I, I look at that guy. I think if I'm if I was a woman, I would never fuck him. But apparently, he's desirable for some reason. Why? Because he has a fucking key to the elevator. <laughs> right in and explain to me what I've always I ne- wanted to fuck in a hotel. <laughs> explain to me what I need to do because I'm obviously fucking up. Yeah. Chuck's got now, it. Look, Chuck wasn't scoring tens, granted, but you know there were probably like fives. Oh, okay, so well, fives never mind. Eights. <laughs> I pulled some eights. You, you know what I mean? I. I, I have to say, at this moment in time, I don't feel like we're really appealing to the female audience, but that's fine. Hang in there, female Bullshit. listeners. We will have more these female ladies, perspective they, These ladies are listening and they're like, oh, let me tell you, all right, Mike? Uh, there might be a few listeners that are like, god damn, Chuck was the best I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number nine, bar hazing, pranks, and games. Yeah, yeah. This is your category. <laughs> yeah. This is literally why we built this category. It's for you, dude. At the diner, we had so much fun. <laughs> did we? Did we though? Yes. At the diner, we had a great time. At the diner, it was um, it was run by Greeks, and most of the employees were like middle aged to older foreigners. Um, and then, so it was it was it was that kind of demographic of people working there. Let's have another one. Okay, fuck it. Thank you. Come on. All right, we for, got for anybody just listening, and we might cut this out. I walked around to get the bottle of Jameson, and Steve was like, hey, we've got another episode That's to record. because we got two more episodes to record, and this motherfucker's going to get wasted again. I can take a nap, goddammit. Oh, can you? Can you take a nap? The because people already know I'm great drunk. We're gonna get, you're going to get wasted. I'm a great drunk, too. I love when you're drunk. You're super fun. <laughs> but one of the things that's really hard to do is when you get wasted, and you're in Kansas, and I'm trying to do a pod with you, and all you say... I, hey, what is it? Not in Kansas anymore. That's right, but all you said for 45 minutes was saltwater right, right, crocodile. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, let's go, let's go. Anyway, anyway, Tom, continue. Bar hazing, pranks, and games. Right. So we're at the diner. Yep, we're at the diner. It's mostly older people who work there, but then there's also this group of like 20-something-year-old like white dudes who work there too. There's probably like five or six of us. So naturally, all that we did was dick around all the time. Especially when there was a new 20-year-old white guy who would come and work there. As you do. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. So, um, so in terms of dicking around, I mean, if you've ever been carrying like a very, very large tray of food at a diner and somebody comes up and like shoots you in the face with a rubber band. Or tweaks your nipple. Or tweaks your nipple or decides to draw all over your arm with pen. I mean, I had arm. I had arm. I had pen all up and down my arm. I had arm. I had arm all up and down my pen. <laughs> Pretty much the entire time that I worked there. That was yeah. a good one. I actually, I can't believe we haven't told that one on no, the No, we, we did. We did. The pen? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Maybe I the forgot. The Maze of Cox, you don't remember? No, no, no. But we were talking about how we used to... We used, remember we, used to, we used to draw penises on um, server pads and hide them. You also talked about... Oh, I forgot about that. That's one of my favorite... Yeah. You remember what we used to say? There were dicks hidden all over that restaurant. What we, <laughs> what we used to say was, every five minutes when I don't get seated at a table, I'm drawing a dick and I'm putting it okay. somewhere. Yeah. So we'd hide so, them everywhere. So you brought this up on a previous podcast. Okay. I'm glad we get to revisit it because this actually makes me feel all that mo- more close to you guys because at that first pizza place that I worked at, right? Right, right. I also got born. 
And oh, uh, we know. Yeah. At you one, told the people. At, at one point in time, I uh, it was a really slow shift, and I there was a bunch of extra dough. So I basically took the dough and I made a ton of little yeah. cock and balls. Of course you did. A bunch of little yeah. cock and balls. And then I hid them. Not not where customers could find them, but all over the back. Did you bag it first? No. No. I just had cock and balls, and I just hid them all around the back of the restaurant, in the freezer, like, (laughs) you know, by by the kitchen supplies. And, like, I I just love that, because I feel like, even though we didn't know each other at that point in time, I just feel like we were destined to be be together at some point. There's something about young men and, and like, phallic symbolism. (laughs) When when we were working at the place in Ocean City, we had just started there. We'd only been there for, like, a week. And, uh, again, it was a young group of us, 20-something-year-old guys working there. And um, uh, so we drew dicks on everything, naturally, on all the food and all the food containers that were in the, like, walk-in refrigerator. And then the... Uh, health inspector comes in. Oh. And she's shining her light through everything. And we're walking through with the manager, too. And you can just see the health inspector put her flashlight on a dick on the mayonnaise. And on a dick in the blue cheese. And on a dick in the cocktail sauce. And the manager looks at me, and I look at the manager. And, you know, couldn't do anything. So the health inspector just signed off what she needed. There's nothing, there's no law against drawing dicks on stuff, right? That's right. That's because we're in fucking America. I mean, there is. There is a law (laughs) about it. It's it's public indecency. Is it, though? For a commercial business. It's art. Okay. Maybe. Maybe it is art. It was you a know? protest against the fucking man. Okay? I, I I will say this. I mean, there there to me, there's nothing like uh, there's nothing like drawing a dick on someone else's arm when they are carrying a tray of big food. Mm-hmm. I had totally forgotten about that. You know, we used to attack people like we would hide and attack people like uh like a rolling street gang of like. You know, you ever seen the movie like, Warriors? You know, you know what I'm thinking? You know, so we just start coming out with pens. Like, you know what I'm thinking of is the Bottle Kids from uh, yes. Trailer Park Boys. Oh, yeah. 100%. oh it's the Bottle Kids. <laughs> it's the Bottle Kids. Like, you just yes. carry a tray out, and all of a sudden, oh shit, it's the pen guys, and then boom, you're just uh, covered in pen. Basically, that. also what happened a lot there was the towel whipping. Yes, towel I, whipping. Was I, I, I like I was trying to do shit, and I didn't know you guys very well. And then you would all just come out and start whipping the yes. fucking shit out of me with wet towels. Towel. And blood blisters galore. Towel whipping was a good one. Now, before we move on from this category, Tom, we, Dirty Tom, I'm going to address you by your proper name. Thank you. Your God-given name. We have, on multiple times on this pod, brought up the fact that you partook in one of the greatest uh, serving games that has ever been. You actually came up with it. It is the very simple serving game of... Bad posture at a table. <laughs> and it's still to this day one of the things that made me laugh harder than I've ever I, laughed. I can still see it in my mind. So can I. Where you would walk up to a table and you would turn sideways and wait on them profile to where you were not looking at them so at all. Or weird. you'd walk up to a table and you'd spread your legs as far as you could to where you were eye level at the table and you were like Steven Seagal, you know, like karate pose. Like, right up against and, the table. And also, people, you need to know that Tom, Dirty Tom, was the person who trained me in the service. I did the pizza thing. Right. He trained me in the service industry on waiting on tables and all that, which eventually led to me bartending. He's a great, he's an unbelievable service. But it's so weird to see your mentor yes. walking up to a table and, and then spreading their legs. And, and... It's so weird to see anyone doing that and not laughing. Yeah. If I was doing that, creepy. I'd be I'd be tripping I'd be tripping out. I'd be laughing so hard like like 
what, you know, what crazy crap am I doing? Dude, this man was stone cold <laughs> taking orders. What can I get you? This is totally normal. Nothing, this nothing's is totally weird. Normal. This is totally normal. Nothing's also, weird. Also, didn't you walk up to a table and literally fucking shit your pants? <laughs> yeah. You literally walked up and farted and then acted like nothing happened. It was like, yeah, so what can I get you? <laughs> What, what do you want me to say? I can't comment on that. <laughs> now, what, what I want you to say is, in, in, in regard to the posture, where did that idea come from? Like, what, like, what, yeah, well, were, you, well, what were you thinking when you yeah. were like, what I'm going to do is just weird posture at the tables? Were you watching, like, too much Mr. Bean? I, I, you know, I never even noticed him. I never even thought of it. Until oh, he he's just a up. crazy person. That's all it <laughs> that's is. Right. So he wasn't even doing a prank or a game. He was just living his life. He was just living his life. I will say, um, you know, I have once, I have once done the elevator prank. When you walk onto an elevator, and, and every, if, if you've ever been on an elevator, everybody faces forward. Mm-hmm. If you turn around and face the back wall in an elevator, people think you're a terrorist. Yeah. I mean, people lose their mind. They move, start moving away from you. And it's kind of like that. It's proxemics. It's, it's how people stand in public. And, and it was just so funny to watch Tom do that. All right. You're almost through the gauntlet, buddy. Number 10, firing and quitting stories. Give us your... You know, your best stories, and what, what do we call Mike? Getting 86. That's right. Ah, getting 86. Yeah. Have you guys already told the um, trip to New York? <laughs> we, we, we haven't we told it properly. It. We haven't okay. told it properly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I worked at that diner, and I got, the guy, you know, Teddy, the guy who ran it, was really a saint, because he fired me and let me back on like four or five times. Yeah, he asked about you the other day. I just ran into him. Did he? Yeah. yeah he always asks about you. Yeah. Well, the one time I did him, uh, I did him pretty dirty, and... Um, you know, the diner was open 24-7, even on holidays. I think once in a while they closed on Christmas, because the guy did have a partial heart. Uh, <laughs> but working those those overnight New Year's Eve shifts were the worst. You know, you wanted to be out partying with your friends, and instead you were at the diner. And really, nobody even fucking comes in anyway, yeah. because it's New Year's, everyone's out partying. Yeah. So I had done that a couple years. And me and my friend Brian, who also worked there, said to ourselves, this who is will the be year. on the pod. We said to shortly. ourselves, this is a year that we're not going to do that. Um. But of course we couldn't take off. Everybody had to work because it's Greeks and they expect you to work all the all the fucking. That's time. right. It's well, that's fucking racist, but we'll continue. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, anyhow, we um, uh, keep in mind, folks, that this is when I was younger and more irresponsible. We packed up all our stuff a couple days before and bought fish tickets in New York and got on a bus and went to uh, the fish show in New York. And on the way to the fish show, I called in and I held my nose so that I would sound a little sick and said Teddy I'm sick I can't come in today <laughs> and Teddy said bullshit you're fired click <laughs> he knew he somehow he knew Dude, I will say this that's incredible I will say this for all of that man's uh, short fuse and for all of his little warts Dude, he knows people. Yeah, he knows when you're lying. He had me down to a team. He that's knows incredible. when you're lying. That's for sure. Yeah. And yeah. and so I've got to ask. So, do you still go and see fish regularly? It's funny. I actually hate fish. Yeah, fish <laughs> fucking sucks. Look, I have a lot of friends who love fish. They got a couple good songs. You better apologize. The Mama to Rod. Dance, the Twist. But other than that, you better fuck apo- you. You better apologize to Rod right now. Rod, I love you, but fish sucks. <laughs> Fish fans have to be on so many drugs to enjoy fish shows, yeah. is what I'm realizing. So, if this so, was a different podcast, I so, would tell you about my you, fish show experience. Are you going to finish that story, or should I do it? So, let's just... <laughs> I guess I'm going to do it, because he's giving me a look like like he doesn't know where I'm going with this. So, from what I understand, 
is that Tom and Brian had a wonderful time at the fish show, and maybe there was some extracurricular activities occurring. LSD. You had to enjoy the fish show. I yeah. mean, you can't do it. Again, again. There were en- little people up on to enjoy you know, a fish on, show on, on hangers above the stage. That's right. Crazy. And to enjoy yeah, it, I saw the videos. Have you ever Wolf-Karts? been to Cirque du Soleil? I mean, you need a little bit of an extra boost. So anyway, they take their little extra boost. They have a good time. And they come out of the fish show, and it's New Year's, right? So it's New Year's Eve going into New Year's Day, and it's New York City. It's Times Square. It's Manhattan. They're they're buzzing around, and they're absolutely high off their their ass. And they are standing on a street corner. And the way I remember the story, as far as Brian telling it to me, was that you guys were standing on a corner waving to everybody, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! How are you doing? And people were looking at you like you had seven heads. <laughs> and Brian surmised that what you were actually saying was, Instead of Happy New Year. So <laughs> I always love that part of the story. And then, of course, Tom came right back and got his job back a week yeah, later. And the, the moral of the story is kids don't do drugs. Always quit. Also, always quit. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams, kids, yeah. Take yeah. chances, man. You know, if I had gone to the diner that night and worked... Be miserable. It would have been miserable. It wouldn't have been any story. Your life would have a little less color. You know? And instead, now he is happily on this podcast. Yes. Making a shit ton of money. That's right. Tommy, you made it through the top ten. We're so excited for you. We're going to jump into our next section in a second. Hot damn, that was a good top ten. That was a lot of fun. Tom, some great stories. I feel like, uh, man, I, I, ne- I didn't know what I envisioned for this particular session, yeah. but it... it um, it delivered. We'll see. I'm we'll really see. Maybe, I feel like the people are going to be a little disappointed. Dirty Tom, you've you've had such an impact on this podcast before you've ever been here. You don't. There even were know. no deaths. There was no like fucking unwanted pregnancies. All right, you've failed us as a, <laughs> as a human being. Okay? Come, on. <laughs> Come on. How can but, I live up to the expectations that you've given the people? That's true. They yeah, don't call them fair. unwanted pregnancy, Tom. They call them dirty Tom. You know, He's dirty Tom. The one, the one thing we're going to give you, uh, Tom's duck recipe. Yeah. Dirty Tom's roadside duck recipe. That's right. Just follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yep, check and it you, out in the comments. <laughs> there you anyway, go. <laughs> so we always like to wrap up the, the pod once you get through the gauntlet with the how's our driving section. We want your recommendations, um, either questions we didn't ask, how we can improve the show, or, or just good food and drink recommendations that you might have. So if there's a, if there's a restaurant you've been to recently that you like, let us know. Come on. From me, okay. Great show. I think you guys are doing awesome. Oh. That's not yeah. what he told me before we He's recorded. also listened to none of the episodes. Yeah, exactly. He's never listened to any of it. <laughs> false, false. Well. I listened to one episode. Yeah. The, one with, uh, the one with Sid. Oh, yeah, really? That's yeah, a great yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. At least part of it. Good episode. <laughs> At least <laughs> part of it. Right. Asshole. He's listening. Yeah. All right, all right. So, go hey. on. Uh, great restaurants that I've been to lately. Um, Atlas Group restaurants in Baltimore are badass. I started going to those. Chop Tank, yeah. Yeah, they're a little pricey, but like Tagliata, awesome Italian I mean, food. their food's outstanding. Um, Cafe Disco. I haven't been to that one. What's the Mexican one? Uh, Tia Pepe? No, no, that's not Atlas Group. Um, Maximum, I think. Yeah, right yeah. on the water. Yeah, good that's a good one. They got an awesome sushi place downtown as well. No nice. doubt. Yeah, very cool. Atlas uh, is awesome. Big big shout out to their their restaurant group. But truly, my favorite places are little hole-in-the-wall, dingy, dirty yeah. bars. No of doubt. Course. Dirty bars. And those would be things like um, Harford House on Harford Road. They pour fucking mean Jameson. Um, places that are nice and small, but not particularly dirty. In fact, very clean and nice. I'd say Pappas on... Uh, 
uh, Taylor. I love Pappas. Pappas and Taylor. And, uh, yeah, Oprah, Oprah's been there. Is, is uh, what, Hafford House, what'd you say? Harford House. Harford House. Isn't that the one we stopped by when we were all really fucking drunk? And yeah. we went in, we got a big-ass fucking shot. Yeah, yeah. I love how you guys can we, discern the one time that you two were really fucking drunk. Yeah, there's a weird chemistry there. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> all right, well, that's good. I like that. So, is have there... Have there been any new dives introduced to your life recently? Um, I'll tell you about a year ago, I started going to Wanted Mike's down in Falls Point. Oh, okay. That yeah. place is the bomb. Slaps. Slaps. It's a GM bar. And one of our other... We're going to have another esteemed colleague that we've mentioned here, Brian, um, on, on this pod. Can't wait to have him on. Um, but he was a bartender there for a while. And you, so. if you go to Wanted Mike's, you got to get the uh, chicken liver pate. Oh, it's the bomb. So good. Yes. Yeah. So delicious. Well, that's awesome, man. Thank you for the recommendations. All right, we're going to do our quick wrap-up here. Closing questions. We're going to get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you still do this, a.k.a. why do you hate yourself? Now, you're out of the industry. Yeah. But we but still kind of, know you hate yourself. So. Yeah, so apply it, just kind of apply it to the to your, um, you know, your former industry experience. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. The money was great. It was easy. You can go in and get cash, day of. Yeah, fast you know, money. That, that was the best part for me. Yeah. No. Yeah, and even though I'm pretty streamlined, you know, I like to think of myself as a people person, so mm-hmm. it's always nice like serving the customer. Oh yeah, you're char- a good job. You're charming as fuck, man. And getting money and, for it, bro. And I gotta say, even though we're saying it's easy, serving drinks and, and uh, serving food is it's really not that easy. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot. It, it's basically the 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 fact that people are expecting so much out of you. Uh, you know, there's no other job where the your customer is there, uh, rating you the entire time. So, right. mm-hmm. and and to be honest with you, man, you're one of the hands down best servers I've ever met, and it's so strange to juxtapose that with who I know you to actually be in your real life, which is uh, uh, dirty ha- Tom. Dirty Tom. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh-huh. If you opened a bar, what would you call it? Or what would the theme? What would be? Yeah, be? what would the theme be? Yeah, I think the theme would be simplicity. Yeah. No ordering off the menu. There's only three <laughs> items. Yeah, yeah. There's three items, and uh, there's the dirty. There's the Tom, and then there's the dirty Tom, and then there's Coca Cola. Get the fuck out if you want anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be right. I like yeah. it. I like it. And Simple. When we have, we'd have, uh, we'd have Jameson. Do what you do well. Do what you do well. And also, he wouldn't work there. He would just own the establishment. Yes. That's exactly (laughs) how it would go. Well, well, Dirty Tom, thank you. It's been a fucking pleasure, man. Have an absolutely beautiful life. We might have to bring you back on the pod at some point to to do a follow-up because I think there were a lot of stories that we didn't even get Mm. to. But, dog, it's been a pleasure. Let's raise these Jameson glasses one more time. Cheers, boys. Keep it real. Enjoy that Jamo, baby. show if you did we release new episodes every fucking week no no doubt like every goddamn week (laughs) big shout out to our friends at trauma parlor the song fast one you heard throughout the show if you haven't checked them out yet i don't know what the fuck you're doing they're fucking awesome musicians they got some great songs go check them out they're on facebook spotify and you got to show them some love because they've been so good to us if you want to be one of our regulars follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at brp drink along 
You can always listen on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify at the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We really need the personal validation. <laughs> Come on, people. We, we really do. All right. Show us you love us. All right? Mike also needs some sobriety. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. All right. If you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon. VIPs will always have a seat at the bar. You'll get access to our bonus content, you'll have a chance to vote on new episode content, and you're going to receive a 10% discount on all of our merchandise. And if you want to be one of our big tippers, aka one of our bozelles, feel free to make a donation on PayPal under the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. Mike and I do this because we love the service industry and we love bringing you great t- content, but this is not our day job. That's one of the reasons we can't release an episode on time. Exactly. Um, (laughs) With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. Fuck it.